0: Hey, Airbnb hosts, Natalie here. You already hear me every Wednesday on No Vacancy, the podcast, but I've decided to add a bonus episode at the last Friday of every month called Airbnb Advice Column. Every month, I'll ask you to submit your questions, pick three to five that I think most of you could benefit from, and those will go in here. So sit back, enjoy this monthly bonus episode, and thank you for writing in your questions to Airbnb Advice Column. XOXO, Natalie hey host you know that brand new couch that you just bought for your listing oh and the bed and the mattress and all your high quality linens and that whole outdoor furniture set did you know that you could have saved up to 40 50 or even 60 percent on those there's no catch and there's no cost all there is is minoan as a host you can sign up to minoan's group pricing option for free and start shopping from over 200 of your favorite home furnishing brands It's as easy as, instead of adding to cart on the brand's website, add it to cart via the Minoan Chrome extension and watch the discounts start adding up. We all know that design and quality are essential for standing out as hosts in today's market, and nothing makes that easier than shopping via Minoan. I don't have to sacrifice quality for price with Minoan. I get the best products at the best pricing. Find the link in my show notes to get started and never pay full price again happy friday everybody and welcome back to another episode of airbnb advice column with your host natalie palmer we've got a few questions teed up for you today and to kick things off we have this question from morgan who said should i ask guests for fifty dollars for extra cleaning or eat the cost for a good review note we only have two reviews morgan even if you had a hundred reviews i would not charge fifty dollars extra for extra cleaning. My question is actually, why did the cleaning cost $50 extra? The way I see this, and I don't know if it's you cleaning it or if you have a cleaner, but some cleanings, let's be honest, most of them, it's almost like the guest was never there. I would say seven out of ten of my cleanings you could walk in and it looks like the guest was never there yeah they've used towels and you obviously have to wash the bedding and everything unload the dishwasher but they've like most people do leave it pretty clean so the other three out of ten guests that do leave a heavier footprint as i like to call it that's not worth an extra 50 bucks to me the way i see it is that the cleaners their their pay if you're paying a flat rate for every cleaning it comes out in the wash. Some cleanings will go way faster and it won't be as much work, but that helps compensate for the times when it is a lot rougher and they have more to do. The only time ever that I would consider charging the guest for cleaning would be if there was so much involved to where I had to delay the next person's check-in or possibly block off that night. If I have to block off that night, then I will charge the guest for the cost of that night I blocked off. If we have to push back the next guest check-in and I want to refund them a 100 bucks or something to be nice... I will make this current guest who left the mess be the one who covers that refund. So there shouldn't really be a case, in my opinion, where you are charging $50 for an extra cleaning. It should just all kind of even out over time. So I'm curious where that extra cost is coming in. But yeah, that's my answer. Whether or not you are on your second review or you've got 100, I wouldn't charge $50 extra for cleaning really in any case. Next up, we had two questions kind of in the same vein as one another. One from Brittany who asked, how do you know if a certain property will succeed before buying? I'm so nervous to start. And Rachel asked something similar, how to pick your first property. Both of you are going to be very excited to tune in to next Wednesday's episode. I recorded that just this morning, so you haven't heard it yet. But we have Kenny Bedwell on, who is the CEO and founder of STR Insights. And you guys might be familiar with STR Insights in terms of their software and the subscription package for finding data for your short-term rentals. Next week, we're gonna be talking about a brand new service that STR Insights is offering where they will do one-on-one consulting with you to actually help you find the exact property. So it's less of a do-it-yourself subscription model and more of we will go in there, understand all your goals. If you're looking for appreciation, cash on cash, cash flow, whatever it is, and they'll help you. So to both of you, I'm sorry to leave you hanging, but I'm going to go in depth over a full one hour episode next week with Kenny. So just stay tuned for that. And I think that you will find a lot of answers to the questions you're asking when it comes to finding that first investment and making sure that it actually checks out. Until then, though, I will leave you with this piece of advice. When it comes to your first investment, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever number it is, I think the most important thing is just to understand what your goals are. Brittany, you specifically said, how will I know if a certain property will succeed before buying? I don't know what success looks like to you. Is this supposed to replace a nine to five income? Are you trying to hit $5,000 a month, $4,000 a month, whatever it is, because you're trying to leave a job? That's a very different calculation from this is a retirement plan and I want a home that's going to gain $500,000 in appreciation over the next three decades. So I don't know what success looks like for you. So that is what I would encourage you to determine first before you go out there picking a property. There are different markets for different needs. Some are better for appreciation. Some are better for cash flow. If you're trying to do cash on cash return and get the highest ROI, I would consider looking into unique stays and glam sites because you really can't get anything cheaper than a tent or a yurt and just throwing up some sort of glam site and that's where you'll see significant return on investment so again it's i'm sorry to kind of leave you hanging this week stay tuned for next week's episode but in the meantime just start thinking about what success would look like for you and then i think when you're running your numbers you will have a better idea Britt asked sofa bed. Should I make it for each stay or leave sheets with blankets? I would always recommend just providing sheets and blankets and pillows for the sofa bed. To me, the entire beauty of a sofa bed is that during the day, it's not a bed. It's a common area space and people can use the sofa and the couch. And especially if you have it in the living room or in front of a TV or something, I, I personally would be annoyed if I walked in and had the host already make it for me because If I'm booking a place with a sofa bed, it's because I wanted that common area. If I wanted my own dedicated bed, I would have booked a place with an additional bedroom, if that makes sense. So I think that there's a reason guests booked a place with a sofa bed, leave it as a common area during the day and just provide everything that they will need to make the bed for themselves when they're ready. If you're really in doubt and the guest like straight up told you we are booking this and plan on using the sofa bed will bedding be provided if you're getting that kind of vibe maybe you can just ask them and offer to have it set up before they arrive but honestly my gut would say if they really wanted their own dedicated bed they would have booked a place with an additional bedroom they probably booked this because they wanted the common area and I think it would be kind of gross to have a bed like pre-made and then all the guests are like hanging out in that bed area and then you go to bed. I would rather just make the bed clean right before I'm about to climb into bed and fall asleep. Next up, we have Maggie who asked how to keep linens and towels soft. I don't know if I've been living in the dark ages or what, but I just discovered this. Did you guys know that if you put two cups of white vinegar into your washing machine load, It acts like a fabric softener. It is amazing. And no, your clothes do not smell like vinegar after. It's been so good. I started doing it because I was randomly getting like little grease and weird little splotchy stains in my clothes. And after some research found out that that can be caused by your fabric softener. So I did a couple loads with white vinegar just to rinse that out. And I ended up feeling like my clothes were honestly softer then when I use fabric softener. I also feel like fabric softener, I personally love the smell of it, but I know that guests are very sensitive to smells sometimes, and I don't wanna overpower them with certain scents that they might not be down for. So from this moment forward, I decided I am actually no longer buying fabric softener. I am switching over to just buying a gallon of distilled white vinegar, and we'll be adding two cups of that to every load that we do from now on. Jen asked, what do you recommend for furnishings when it comes to a pet-friendly listing? First of all, Jen and everyone else listening, if it were me, I would treat every single listing as a pet-friendly listing, even if you do not plan on on advertising it as pet friendly, even if you are allergic to pets, whatever the case may be. We all know how strict Airbnb is with welcoming service animals. And in California, you can't even turn away emotional support animals. And we all know that guests are just going to sneak them in anyway, at the end of the day, no matter how hard you try to prevent it. So... First of all, Jen, to answer your question, I would never personally differentiate between a pet-friendly listing and non-pet friendly. I would set up every single listing as if it is going to have pets in it. So what does that look like? First off, if we can, no carpet. Get rid of the carpet. I know in certain homes, especially mountain homes, it tends to feel cozier and that's usually where I see people do it. It seems like in desert homes or beachfront homes where you have sand and pool, people are pretty clear on avoiding carpet, but it's always the mountain homes where I see hosts want to stick to it. Get rid of it, you guys. Like I said, even if you're not hosting pets, mountain homes get humid and sticky and wet and moist and people are coming in with wet ski gear and especially if you're by like a lake or something just when it comes to short-term rentals just get rid of the carpet okay trust me if you still want to make it cozy I love adding in an area rug a throw rug put a rug in the living room rugs under the beds that I'm all down for and if you are going to do pet friendly it is always a good idea to do some sort of ruggable rug something that you can wash I also recommend doing low pile rugs so the pile on a rug basically refers to the thickness of it like a Fur plush rug would be very high pile, whereas a low pile rug is almost the one that's just kind of like flat with a pattern printed on it instead of something that's like hand loomed, if that makes sense. So, for short term rentals, I always recommend a low pile rug and always something dark. And if you can find something that has different prints or patterns in it, so I would avoid something like a checkered rug where a stain will be very clearly visible. If you can go for something more of like a Moroccan style rug where the pattern is a little more abstract or if a stain, like something where stain can be more blended in, if that makes sense. Like avoid harsh lines and bold block patterns, but just something a little more wavy and abstract. So that's my tip on flooring and rugs. For a furniture perspective, I always prefer to do leather sofas again this is something i'd recommend even if you are not being available to pets i love leather sofas they honestly in my opinion look better with age instead of fabric and upholstered stuff that you might need to replace in a couple years leather ages so beautifully to me if you have ethical concerns go for a faux leather i think that that can be a nice alternative as well if for whatever reason you are insisting on a fabric sofa and that just fits the design of your place better please upgrade to the performance fabric do not try to cut corners or save cost here upgrade to the performance fabric you will end up saving money in the long run i promise you that if you just go standard standard linen standard upholstery you will end up replacing that couch within a year so always upgrade to the performance fabric and i would also recommend buying you can find this on amazon or usually any retailer that sells you a sofa with performance fabric might provide this as well but get a bottle of that spray to help create that water repellent element on the sofa you just spray this over read the instructions but I think you have to spray it like twice a year or something every six months and you just mist it over your couch and it really helps reinforce that protective water repellent barrier so if you're gonna go fabric please 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 get the performance fabric it is worth it every single time And the final two things I would recommend for a pet friendly listing is to put a doormat or something on all entrances to the home from the backyard, side door, front door, whatever it is, so that dogs can wipe their paws off when they're getting in. The more dirt that we can just keep out from entering the home in the first place, the easier it'll be to clean. So have something like that in place. And I also recommend getting a dog bed if you are gonna list as pet friendly. It's just one more way to kind of reinforce that dogs don't need to go on your bed or up on the couch because there is a place for them you're not going to prevent this 100 percent we're not going to put cameras in your living room and like call your guest up if we see their dog sitting on the sofa that's absolutely not happening but i think subconsciously if a guest does bring a pet and sees a dog bed for them it just helps reinforce the message of like this is where i would prefer your pet to stay so Help me out if you can. And our last question comes from Vanessa who said, please help. I need a pep talk. I have blown through our renovation budget and I feel so guilty and ashamed. Girl, take a deep breath. You are okay. And obviously I haven't seen your listing, so I can't say this with a hundred percent confidence. But I will say with 99% confidence that you are doing the right thing. Going over a budget right now means you are really creating an experience and taking the time to think of the guest who's going to experience the finished product of this. For me personally, I have never made a budget on any of my properties. Confession. I have never gone in with a budget. And it's not that I'm just going to rack up and spend like $18 a tile on my backsplash or something. I still make budget-friendly decisions along the way. But when we are dealing with purchases that have hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity tied up in them, it makes no sense to me to save $200 on this model of a washer dryer when that is something that's going to be replaced in a year. I will always upgrade to the better quality appliance or the better quality sofa like we talked about. If it costs money to rip up carpet like we talked about in today's episode I will always opt for that because I want to set this thing up right from the beginning for longevity it saves you more money right now to do these things correctly in the first place than to come back in a year and have to block off a month because you're ripping up all your carpet and now changing up the flooring so it is okay it is okay you are doing the right thing you're on the right track this stuff is not easy nobody teaches us how to rehab a property And budget these things correctly in school i'm very proud of you and i know that all these decisions i don't think you're spending this money just because you want to because you sound stressed about it so that tells me that this is coming from a place of keeping the guest in mind you're doing the right thing you're good i'll wrap up today's episode on this note my business mentor just shared an analogy with me this week that really really shifted my perspective on things and i think that it applies to this question perfectly I want you to picture a pendulum where on one side of the pendulum swinging, you have being broke, struggling, scarcity mindset, living paycheck to paycheck, constant pain, constant stress, and overwhelm. On the other side of this pendulum, you have prosperity, abundance, time freedom, financial freedom, everything that you've ever wanted. Okay? These are the two extremes we've got. What happens with a pendulum? When you push it one way, it completely swings back in the other direction. So right now, when you are struggling and you feel like you are pinching pennies and you're down to the wire, and this is the most stressful time in setting it up, you are pushing it in that direction of running out of money, of the pain and the stress, which means that pendulum, when you're ready and you launch, is going to swing back so much further in the other direction. The more that you push in one way, the further it's gonna swing back the other way. So that prosperity and abundance and time freedom and financial freedom, everything you want, you're so close to it. And I know it seems far away because you're pushing and pushing and pushing in the opposite direction. But that thing is going to swing back so far when the time comes. On the flip side, the hosts right now who are taking all of their earnings and just going on vacation and living it up and seem to be prosperous right now and killing it. They're not reinvesting anything into their properties they're not making them better they don't care about the guests they're taking their sweet time to respond to messages because they feel like they have that time freedom and they're living up now that pendulum is going to swing way back in the other direction where they're going to have costly mistakes that they're going to be making up for later so if anyone is in this boat right now i want you to think about this i know it seems like you are so far on the opposite end that just means that when you finally let go that pendulum is going to swing that much further in the direction that you want i will leave you guys with that have a wonderful weekend and i'll see you next wednesday